That was a real one today. Casey, are you there? Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm here. Yeah? Mm-hmm. You exhausted from all the work you did today? Oh, yes. Very. Yeah? Mm-hmm. <laughs> all right. So, uh, heathens, what we have today is more Micah. Yay. But today is a special day because you know who's going to stop by? Uh, the Beatles. Jesus. Oh. What's wrong? So close. I, I was close. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So you ready to learn about what we're going to learn about? <laughs> yes, honey. Please teach me what we're going to learn about. Okay. Okay. All right. So basically, Mike is going to have his second bitch fit. Um, he bitches out the leaders uh, of, of Judah. Uh, the leaders apparently love to skin people alive and uh, eat their flesh, you know, kind of like KFC. Um, you know, the extra crispy chicken. Uh, eventually, God will play hide-and-seek with them, though, because that's what they really want. It's just to play some good old hide-and-seek. Uh, next, he bitches about the false prophets. He specifically, or, or especially, pleads himself to be a true prophet, though, because, of course, he's the true prophet. All the other prophets are fucking fake as shit, right? Fake news. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then he's going to talk about how the leaders built Zion with the iron from the blood of their own people. Um, that was a lot of fucking blood. Uh, next, uh, Jesus makes his way onto the scene, or at least in the prophecies of Micah. Uh, Jesus is going to teach us about his ways. Um, he's going to teach us how there will be peace. Uh, Jesus will restore them from their enemies' hands. They will also be so convinced by Jesus that they will just give all of their money to God, apparently. Just all of it. Micah talks about Jesus' birthplace, which is very confusing. Um, he will also, Jesus, that is, will also be a shepherd. Uh, he will be their peace. And he judges the fuck out of Syria. Well, not Jesus God, I think, at that point, is judging Syria. Um, Jacob's people are going to be okay, though. Paganism is going to get completely fucked in the ass, and then shit's going to get all destroyed, like the pagan shit. That's just all going to be destroyed, and the pagans are just going to be no more. So fuck, I guess fuck pagans is the lesson of today's thing. Also, Jesus is coming, bitch, open wide. (laughs) You know, you didn't do too bad of a job. No? No, but we're going to clarify a few things. Okay. Yeah. Also, there's still pagans, so like... If you they mean destroy the Bible's the wrong? I mean, perhaps. What's up, heathens? How, How y'all, y'all doing? doing? So, uh, yeah, we obviously had a talk in the intro there. Uh, I was a lot... Uh, I, w- I, w- I was kind of on track, but apparently there are just little, uh, t- like, crossing the T's, dotting the I's type of thing. Yeah, this one wasn't too bad. It wasn't too out of the realm of, where did that even come from? <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes I have a hard time figuring out where stuff came from. But we're doing yeah. pretty good today. Well, so sometimes I do better than others. Yeah. That's okay. <laughs> so today... We have the second discourse of Micah, which is chapters three, four, and five. And um, are you ready to get started? 
Yes. Okay. So first thing we're going to do is rebuke the leaders because obviously the first thing you have to do is, you know, bitch out the people who are responsible, right? Mm-hmm. So then I said, listen, you leaders of Jacob, you rulers of the house of Israel, should you not know justice, you who hate good and love evil, who tear the skin from my people and the flesh from their bones, who eat my people's flesh, strip off their skin and break their bones in pieces, who chop them up like meat for the pan, like flesh for the pot. Uh-huh. This is really weird. Like, I don't know. <laughs> Do you find this bizarre? Like, I don't know. I don't think... I haven't seen anything to indicate that there's cannibalism going on in Israel or Judah. Right. No, I I don't think so either. Although it's probably allegorical rather than literal, which I know that I'm saying this, but this is a serious section of the podcast. (laughs) I mean, probably. I'm just not sure. I don't know. Basically, he's, he's explaining how they're doing bad shit like i guess maybe cutting off their nose to spite their face kind of deal Mm -hmm. right so then they will cry out to the lord but he will not answer them at that time he will hide his face from them because of the evil they have done so basically god says you've done a lot of bad shit and when you finally figure it out and call out to me i won't be there which is kind of confusing because later on you'll see that he talks about the remnant that's left and how he'll lead them like home right so it's it's kind of confusing i guess he won't he won't listen to them when they call he won't be there when they call out until he he feels like it he'll be there when he wants to be right yeah so this is what the lord says as for the prophets who lead my people astray if one feeds them they proclaim peace if he does not they prepare to wage war against him therefore night will come over you without visions and darkness without divination the sun will set for the prophets and the day will go dark for them the seers will be ashamed and the divine disgraced and they will all cover their faces because there is no answer from god but as for me now, this is Micah talking, right? So mm-hmm. that that part is what the Lord says, basically saying false prophets are um, bad, right? right. Um, but then Micah says, as for me, I am filled with power, with the spirit of the Lord and with justice and might to declare to Jacob his transgression, to Israel his sin. Of mm-hmm. course, like all the other prophets are bad except for this prophet. Kind of like Christians, all the other religions are bad except for ours. Of course, I mean, then you have to get into the each individual denominations of Christianity because well, even within the Christians, they hate each other. Well, now, at this point in time, though, it was pretty much just the Judaism faith. Oh, like the Judaism. right. Right. I'm just saying yeah. he's saying, uh, but all these other ones are wrong, but I'm I'm the guy. I'm right. right. I'm I mean, the holy one. Th- this is also a common thing in the New Testament um, for there to be false prophets and everything like that. So, mm-hmm. I mean, they had a pretty big time, like a, a pretty bad time keeping like the official <laughs> canon of their religion. Like from the very start, they had a problem with people just, you know, making up their own fan fiction as canon. Well, yeah. And it would seem difficult. I mean, t- to be honest, if I was an Israelite or a Judean, I would be kind of confused as to who's a real prophet and who's not, because the, r- the false prophets are going to say, I'm the real pro-. You know what I mean? They're all snake oil salesmen. So I don't know. I feel like it would be difficult to keep straight. Who's who in the zoo. 
<laughs> who's who in the zoo? Yeah. You, did you mean to rhyme that? I did. Okay. Yeah. So you were a poet and you knew it. Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Hear this, you leaders of the house of Jacob, you rulers of the house of Israel, who despise justice and distort all that is right, who build Zion with bloodshed and Jerusalem with wickedness. Her leaders judge for a bribe. Her priests teach for a price, and her prophets tell fortunes for money. Yet they lean upon the Lord and say, Is not the Lord among us? No disaster will come upon us. Therefore, because of you, Zion will be plowed like a field. Jerusalem will become a heap of rubble, the temple a hill, a hill, a mound overgrown with thickets. So in this section, he's basically saying the rulers are... <laughs> doing bad things they're distorting things that are right and while they may have justice like a justice system Mm -hmm. and judge people for the things they're doing wrong they're doing it for profit and you know they're bribing people and people who should be teaching the word of god they should just be teaching it but they're charging for it so basically they're they're distorting what god wants to profit for themselves. Right. Right. In the last days, the mountain of the Lord's temple will be established as chief among the mountains. It will be raised above the hills and people will stream to it. Many nations will come and say, come, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob. He will teach us his ways so that we may walk in his paths. Now, right now they're talking about he's he's, He's prophesying the Messiah here, mm-hmm. okay? The law will go out from Zion, the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. He will judge between many peoples, and he will settle disputes for strong nations far and wide. They will beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nation will not take up a sword against nation, nor will they tra- uh, train for war anymore. Every man will sit under his own vine and under his own fig tree, and no one will make them afraid, for the Lord Almighty has spoken. All the nations may walk in the name of their gods, which is interesting. (laughs) We will walk in the name of the Lord our God forever and ever. Mm -hmm. It will forever and ever and ever. In that day, declares the Lord, I will gather the lame, I will assemble the exiles, and those I have brought to grief. I will make the lame a remnant, those driven away a strong nation. So we talked about this the last couple of times. We've talked about this remnant being left over after God destroys everything and everyone um, that he feels deserve destruction. But the righteous, the small few will be saved. And these are the people he's talking about. He's he's promising, well, it, Micah is prophesying restoration of this remnant. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be bad, right? Even for these people. But he, this is what he's he's telling them now. The Lord will rule over them in Mount Zion from that day and forever. As for you, O watchtower of the flock, O stronghold of the daughter of Zion, the former dominion will be restored to you. Kingship will come to the daughter of Jerusalem. Why do you now cry aloud? Have you no king? Has your counselor perished? That pain seizes you like that of a woman in labor. Writhe in agony, O daughter of Zion, like a woman in labor. For now you must leave the city to camp in the open field. 
you will go to Babylon and there you will be rescued. There the Lord will redeem you out of the hand of your enemies. But now many nations are gathered against you. They say, let her be defiled. Let our eyes gloat over Zion. But they do not know the thoughts of the Lord. They do not understand his plan. He who gathers them like sheaves to the threshing floor. Rise and thresh, O daughter Zion, for I will give you horns of iron. I will give you hooves of bronze, and you will break to pieces many nations. You will devote their ill-gotten gains to the Lord, their wealth to the Lord of all the earth. Did you just say that he's going to bedazzle them with, like, gold hooves and horns and shit? Yeah. It's like, listen, I want you to go kick their ass, but... (laughs) <laughs> I want you to wear this bedazzled shit. I've been working on it all night. <laughs> it looks pretty. Yeah. And you'll look fabulous as you rip and tear through all these people. Yeah, I think it's interesting, though, because he just just right before he starts talking about the restoration of the remnant, he talks about having peace and and all of that and how nations won't fight against nations. But then immediately following that, as you continue toward the end of Micah chapter 4... It goes into how they'll break many nations into pieces. And we'll, we'll fuck them up and we'll look fabulous doing it. Well, not only that, <laughs> but, but whatever um, gains, like whatever they get from it, money or items or whatever, whatever their booty is, they will give it to God. Their booty. Yep. They're going to give their booty to God. Yep. <laughs> That's exactly what they're going to do. Just like Jacob in the desert. Pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> okay, are you ready? Yes. Is it my favorite part yet? Yes. Okay. This is the beginning of Micah chapter 5. Ooh. Okay. Marshal your troops, O city of troops, for a siege is laid against us. They will strike Israel's ruler on the cheek with a rod. But you, Bethlehem Ephrathah, you see, you should have told me about the rod thing. That would have made a much more interesting intro here. It's like this one guy came up and slapped this other guy with his dick. On his face. On his face. Slapped him in the face with his dick. Just <laughs> knocked him the fuck out. See, this is why I don't tell you things. <laughs> <laughs> okay, are you ready? Yeah. But you, Bethlehem Ephrathah, though you are small among clans of Judah, out of you will come for out of you will come for me one who will be ruler over Israel whose origins are from old from ancient times so this section right here is talking about the coming of the messiah right uh and so uh, i i wanted to add a little bit of uh context here because i think that what i'm going to be doing is is a much uh, more in-depth video about this uh maybe here in the next couple weeks or so did, but did you want me to finish the section about the messiah or do you want to go ahead and oh was that here? was that not it because i know it's uh, in uh, or at least in my notes here it's only got the one verse uh five two that is oh, okay then that's it and then uh, there's more after that yeah but so well we'll we'll talk about this five two and then and then we'll go into it okay because basically uh according to Christian apologists the there's three hundred and fifty three prophecies in the Old Testament that predict things about the Messiah of the New Testament, mm-hmm. uh, Jesus. And it's got a mapping going from the Old Testament scripture to the New Testament scripture and mm-hmm. what prophecy it 
fulfills. Now, this particular part, Micah 5.2, which is listed in here, uh, uh, shows that he's born in Bethlehem. He's going to be a ruler over Israel. Mm-hmm. And f- it just says from everlasting. Yeah, whose origins are from old, from ancient times. Okay, yeah. So just basically pre-existent uh, yes. is what he's talking about here. And this, is, this would be the word of the Lord, which is Jesus. So the, the reason why I'm going to do a little bit more of an in-depth discussion on this is because one of the most common things that people think prove that Jesus actually did like exist and live and start Christianity was this convoluted backstory with his birth narrative, right? Mm -hmm. They felt like they had to figure out some way to get him to be born and travel to Bethlehem and everything like that. But in actuality, it comes from a confusing understanding of the Old Testament prophecies. Because in Micah 5.2 here, it has him being born in Bethlehem. Yes. But as we'll see in Isaiah, uh, it actually has him being called a Nazarene. Mm-hmm. And if you don't understand like why that's an issue is that Nazar- Nazareth or Nazarenes are different than those that are born in Bethlehem. Mm-hmm. Um, also in the prophecies, it talks about how uh, his ministry will be- begin in Galilee. Uh, there's a lot of uh, of like – Every key point in the New Testament about Jesus can be mapped to the Old Testament. Yeah. Which is something that, like, Paul would have extensively known. In fact, Paul says that he extensively knew the Jewish scriptures and uh, he had advanced his Judaism beyond his peers. Yeah. So uh, it kind of seems like this is one of the places where the whole convoluted birth narrative comes from is from Micah 5 too. But as Casey pointed out, there's still some more stuff to talk about with the Messiah. Yeah. And I think, I mean, one of the ways that they, that apologists typically get around this is that he was, his parents were from Nazareth, making him a Nazarene, but he was born in Bethlehem because they were traveling. Right. So like, that's the typical way that they get around it. Um, so, but it does say through you are small among clan, though, uh, but you Bethlehem uh, Ephrathah, though you are small among the clans of Judah. Mm-hmm. So he's supposed to come from this clan. Well, yeah, because of the fact that it was small mm-hmm. among the clans. Yes. I mean, God has been known to do this. If you remember back in, um, was it Judges? Mm-hmm. I think with, um, what was his name? Uh, he was a dorky kid. Well, you know, he was a, he was a, uh, I can't, it's, I think it starts with a G. I can't remember his name right now. Anyway. He was a judge. He was kind of a, he was a dorky kid. He came from, uh, you know, nobody expected him to do anything with his life or anything Mm -hmm. like that. But God picked him. And the reason why he picked him is because he was the weakest out of everybody. Yes. And that emphasized how strong he was in God. The underdog story is a common theme like the underdog theme well yeah and it carries on into the new testament with the least being first and Mm -hmm. it seems like it starts here in the old testament too yeah okay so continuing on therefore israel will be abandoned 
until the time when she who is in labor gives birth and the rest of his brothers return to join the Israelites. He will stand and shepherd his flock in the strength of the Lord, in the majesty of the name of the Lord his God, and they will live securely, for then his greatness will reach to the ends of the earth, and he will be their peace. Yep. He, he will be their peace. Um, and I mean, this, this is all throughout the New Testament. Like everything that it talks about right here is exemplified in the New Testament and the Christian understanding of Jesus, who he was, what he came here to do. Also, he comes with a sword, so. Oh, yeah, because that's how all <laughs> great porns start. I was just saying he's coming in peace, but bringing a sword, it's kind of weird. Anyway. Um, well, you know, that's in the New Testament, too. Mm-hmm. Because he, he said, uh, let's see, Jesus says that he came to bring peace and not a sword or something like that. No, he he did not come to, Br- he came, he brought a sword. Right. That he did not come to abolish the the old law. Right. And then something about a sword. I can't remember the exact verse, but there is, he, he comes with yeah, a sword. Talks, yeah, he talks about coming with a sword. That's mm-hmm. right. Um, we'll eventually get there, right? <laughs> okay, so when the when the Assyrian invades our land and marches through our fortresses, we will rise against him in him seven shepherds, even eight leaders of men. They will rule the land of Assyria with the sword, the land of Nimrod with a drawn sword. He will deliver us from the Assyrian when he invades our land and marches into our borders. The remnant of Jacob will be in the midst of many peoples, like the dew from the Lord, like showers on the grass, which do not wait for man or linger for mankind. The remnant of Jacob will be among the nations in the midst of many peoples, like a lion among the beasts of the forest, like a young lion among flocks of sheep, which mauls and mangles as it goes, and no one can rescue. Your hand will be lifted up in triumph over your enemies, and all your foes will be destroyed." In that day, declares the Lord, I will destroy your horses from among you and demolish your chariots. I will destroy the cities of your land and tear down your strongholds. I will destroy your witchcraft and you will no longer cast spells. I will destroy your carved images and your sacred stones from among you. You will no longer bow down to the work of your hands. I will uproot from among you your sheriples and demolish your cities. I will take vengeance and anger in wrath among the nations that have not obeyed me. You know, I just imagined somebody wearing a cape and then like moving their hand in rainbow fashion and having like like glittery sparkly shit just sort of come out of their hands and he's like make me bitch. <laughs> you are very you have a very active imagination. I do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so that is the second discourse. That that last part was talking about destroying paganism and all of the countries that practice paganism, the Asherah poles and the sacred stones and all that other shit. Yeah. Uh, and of course, that never happened. I mean, pagans are still around. I'm sure that they caused a big upset in their particular area. But <laughs> I mean, uh there's no, there's nothing to indicate that paganism's gone. We know, we know a few pagans actually. Yeah, we do. Yeah, so they're pretty cool people. I don't have a problem with them at all. Yeah. If pagans evolved, why are there still pagans? Oh my fucking Christ! <laughs> <laughs> that is a good point, honey. I know. I know. I'm full of them. <laughs> um, so next time we're gonna go over the third discourse, which is the last discourse. It's Micah, uh, chapter six and seven. Yep, the final bitch fit that he has. Yes, and we're going to talk about God's charges against Judah and what he really wants. Like, what God really wants. So we're going to figure that out. 
Um, beza- bedazzled thongs. <laughs> I'm making We're that. talk about it. I'm putting $50 down on it right now. But bedazzled it's, thongs. It's funny because we find out what God really wants in two verses. So I feel like we could have made this book a whole lot shorter. Yeah. Verse one, bedazzled. Verse two, thongs. <laughs> Um, We're also going to talk about Judah's sin and their punishment for it um, and how it's essentially going to bring misery. But Israel is going to be renewed and we're going to talk about that. And then there's going to be some Micah prayer and praise happening. So that's how Micah ends. So we're going to go over all that next week. Right. So, if you guys want to tune in next week for some more bitch fittiness goodness, then I hope that you guys will tune in then. Uh, Otherwise, I guess we'll catch y'all later. Don't forget to stand up and use your voice. Bye, heathens.